tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Ahoy! Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Uh, We are coming to you with a whale of a tale. Uh, Heads up, this episode might contain some stories that are not for everyone in the crowd, so do be aware before we get into a bunch of Moby Dick jokes. Let's introduce our (laughs) super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Give it up. Woo! Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this story. I've asked me hearties <laughs> taking a trip and in, down into Davy Jones's locker, mm-hmm. which is a thing. Um, I always confuse Davy Jones with Casey Jones from mm-hmm. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're not the same. Um, just FYI, if anyone else made that same mistake. <laughs> Uh, and then there, and I think it was a missed opportunity for them not to call the guy Long Jones Silver instead of Long John Silver. Uh, that's over there on the horizon uh, as we record scattered to the winds. That's uh, Mr. Noel Brown. I am uh, Ben Bullen. We are using the uh, theater of the mind to uh, go on a sailing sojourn today, a a maritime journey that's going to be a two-parter, folks. This week, we're looking at the brutal and all-too-true stories that inspired Moby Dick, the the story canonical novel by Herman Melville, loved by some, hated by many a high schooler, 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Chat GPT can knock that right out for you, high schoolers. Just kidding. Did you hear about that, by the way? Did you have you heard about this? Uh, Chat GPT is, is putting in some guardrails to supposedly prevent cheating using mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Uh, chatbot. But apparently it's not even very good at detecting whether or not something is AI or not. And more likely will lead to students being accused of using AI when they're actually writing just bad essays. And it's doing a great job with a continuing run of Seinfeld. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but oh, it, yeah, yeah, twenty four seven on Twitch mm-hmm. with uh, even complete with poorly placed laugh tracks. Yes, and there was a time when I think the, there was a bit of a ghost in the machine or a burp in the system, and the Chat GPT Seinfeld kind of stuttered and accidentally went into some anti-comedy and for 10 minutes it just stood there in front of the microphone it was great (laughs) but hey you know they they can't all be bangers they can't all be bangers but uh moby dick certainly is a story full of bangs and wallops and injustice and great hunts um it's about whales Yes, the titular white whale, Moby Dick, which was actually named after a real creature. I didn't know this. Thanks to research associate Zach Williams for hipping us to Mocha Dick, which sounds like a a cheeky name for a coffee beverage. Um, Mocha Dick was the name that was given to a a cetacean that was sighted off the coast of Chile near Mocha Island. And apparently the dick part is thought to have been put there out of a practice of giving whales, uh, deadly ones in particular, names like Dick or Tom. you think those would be the innocuous whales with the kind of more run-of-the-mill names like Dick or Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's like prison rules. The the guys with the really innocuous names are the ones you have to be the most careful of. Yeah, or like Little John being the tallest. Right, them. right. Like a guy named Snakebite, probably a good dude. A guy named Smurf, watch out. Uh, mm-hmm. Papa Smurf, or Smurfette, ooh, cower in terror. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about sperm whales. And back in the day, sperm whales were prized for, and they were killed uh, by the whale load uh, for their high quality oil that was used in a number mm-hmm. of industrial applications. Uh, they were also, because they were uh, apex animals of, of the sea in a very real way, they wouldn't take this stuff just uh, laying down doing the backstroke. They were very aggressive. And that's that's what a lot of Melville's novel from 1851 is about. I love that you're pointing out Mocha Dick. So, the first time the the first time he encounters whalers the whalers unsuccessfully attempt to kill mocha dick and and what's strange about this is whales like many other cetaceans are incredibly intelligent animals we know that they're able to communicate through multiple generations via the the whale songs, right, which are unique and are very much um, akin to uh, language. So and beautiful, yeah. by the way. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, there's sort of a bit of a cliche of relaxing in a bath, you know, with scented candles, playing tapes of whale songs. I think that was actually a scene in The Big Lebowski where the dude is uh, is really stressed out because of all the crazy stuff going on in that movie, and then he's in the bath uh, smoking a J and listening to. A cassette of whale songs yes and the and we know that 
these creatures, in addition to being huge and intelligent, they're also very long-lived in the wild. And so over the course of the next almost 30 years, this one whale, Mocha Dick, earns a reputation as one of the scariest folks on the maritime block. Uh, He has been spotted and attacked by at least 100 different whaling ships, and he escaped every one. He destroyed, like absolutely scuttled and sank, 20 of those ships. And it was only the very last ship that put an end to his life. And I'm going to be honest, just, you know, folks, you can be mad if you want when I say it, but team Mocha Dick all the way here. I'm team Wales. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever, have you either of you guys ever heard of the kind of B movie that was, I think a response to Jaws or it might've been just before Jaws, but it's called Orca. I've heard of it. I can't remember the specifics of the plot. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly just a revenge tale because this, the titular whale, uh, her, her, you know, pups, what do you call whale babies, um, are killed by a whaling ship. Mm -hmm. Calves, correct. And this whale seeks revenge on them what did her wrong. Um, and it's actually pretty well shot. I think it's a 70s movie. 1977. Um, So Jaws having come out in 1975, obviously, you know, created sort of a craze for unstoppable underwater creatures. Uh, I think they actually used real whale footage in the film too, but I think it is actually true because of what you mentioned about the intelligence of these creatures that they, they don't forget and that they can, in fact, in the same way uh, Corvids target those that have mm-hmm. <laughs> annoyed them or done them wrong. Uh, that is a thing that could potentially happen. And it's also a big part of the plot of the new Avatar movie. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of whales and, you know, they talk about the whales kind of having this magical secretion, which is based on a real thing too, something called ambergris that is a uh, really stinky kind of oily substance that isn't the same as blubber and uh, it is used in perfumes. Yeah, I know about that one because of Futurama. Exactly. I know about that one because of research I did on how messed up the cosmetics industry is. So I think it's illegal, though, to use. Mm, I mean, it's it's illegal to eat bird nest soup, but that hasn't stopped a lot of people uh, because people are, again, you know what? I'll just say it team whale. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And there's some interesting threads I want to sew in here as we go. So let's continue setting up the story. So very few things occur in a vacuum. Uh, Mocha Dick's entire career is is followed the way that uh, some investigative reporters might follow the career of criminals today. There's a guy named Jeremiah N. Reynolds who documents the life and times of Mocha Dick in an issue of a magazine called The Knickerbocker in 1839. We know that uh, Mocha Dick is indeed a dude, a male, an old bull whale, and he was white as wool. Like he, uh, he was like a, um, we're pulling some quotes here, but we can also just summarize. Uh, he looked like people weren't sure whether it was because he was so old, uh, but he probably had albinism. And he also was terrifying to witness if you're a human sailor because out on the horizon, you see this roar, right? This expansion of water flinging from his, uh, flinging from this animal. And this guy even had barnacles, apparently, that had clustered around his head, which is very unusual. It looked like he almost had armor, if we're being honest. And Mm -hmm. no one was sure when Mocha had been discovered or like when Mocha was born. They think that he had been sighted, as as we mentioned at the top, uh, somewhere before 1810 uh, near the island of Mocha. But they just followed his, his, uh, his wake of shipwrecks that he left. And Ben, certainly in the 1800s, there would be some amount of cataloging of these type of creatures and a little bit more of a scientific approach to these large sea creatures. But some of these sailors may not have cared too much about that or had access to and probably still thought these were demonic sea monsters. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you know, it's something we talked about and stuff that I want you to know. One thing you have to realize when you hear stories of sea serpents or big monsters from the sea demolishing ships, a lot of those ships were much smaller 
than they're they're depicted in fiction. So it's not outside the realm of a possibility that something as big as a sperm whale could absolutely put one to ruin. Even the name of the ship in the uh, the story, Moby Dick, the Pequod, it just sounds like a little tiny cute thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and of course that's not to uh, diminish the the Pequod tribe, which the which is the namesake of the ship, at least per Ishmael in the in the book. But speaking of names, I do want to shout out how weird the English language is. The study of cetaceans broadly is cetology, so you would be a cetologist, but you can also go specifically to whales. And uh, in the past, you would have been called a whaleologist or uh, the, an expert in whaleology, which sounds so very made up, like Tim and Eric level made up. I'm a whaleologist. <laughs> Indeed. And cetaceans are, uh, they include whales, dolphins, and porpoises, whales mm-hmm. being obviously the most massive of these three varieties. Yeah. So, and they are also mammals because they do give live birth. Mm-hmm. And they've got got a lot of the same uh, brain functions that you would see in very intelligent mammals, um, like an elephant or uh, some primates. Not all. Not, well, not, dolphins. We know. I mean, yeah. all the dolphin studies, like some of the experiments done by John C. Lilly, in terms of their ability to communicate, and he even thought that they were potentially like had telepathy or something. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of fuss made about the intelligence of dolphins. Yeah, yeah. And that story is one that gets repeated on podcast aplenty for good reason, not entirely family friendly, uh, but it shows you some of the bleeding edges of science at the time. Max, your hand gesture is accurate and inappropriate. Dolphin sex. Sir. Yeah. Well, it's not all the way dolphin sex. It's like no, but it's, second it's, base. Yeah. Is that right. third base? I don't know. Uh, Who knows? We're not. We're not sports. Dolphins don't play baseball. Is the issue that that's actually one of the big issues there? Uh, so from from the first time that people know of this Mocha Dick uh, character, this this whale, we we see that it has been actively hunted by this very brutal whaling industry, and it's not escaping without battle scars. This feels like a very heavy metal thing, and he was carrying heavy metal. He would he was hit by all sorts of harpoons that had chains attached, and they mm-hmm. dragged after him for up to a hundred yards, at least per the per the contemporary reports. And uh it's I don't know. I mean, that must be so traumatic to the animal. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, um, James Cameron is a, you know, professed naturalist. He, uh, you know, has has done deep sea expeditions with his, you know, vast resources that even some scientists couldn't afford to do. Um, And he is very, you know, uh, enamored by sea creatures and the whales uh, in Avatar to whatever you want, the, the, with the shape of water. No, it's a different movie. Way um, of water, I think. Very similar. There, there's, you know, there's battle scars. The, the whaling industry is very much uh, paralleled in this kind of future, you know, uh, society in Avatar. And I actually really liked the movie a lot. And I was very uh, skeptical when he announced, you know, oh, this movie I made 15 years ago or whatever, we're going to make like 10 more. It is already, I think, 
in on par uh, with the grosses of the first Avatar movie. So James Cameron, man, he's a bit of a megalomaniac and apparently a nightmare to work for, but he knows his business. And thank goodness he likes the ocean. So Mocha Dick becomes so famous that whaling captains talk about him as a way of greeting each other. When you see another ship going across the Pacific, one of the things that you always say in your conversation with the other captain is, any news from Mocha Dick? Like every whaling captain wants to nail this poor whale. The The idea is that this is like the golden grail. This is the ultimate huntsman's trophy. And the weird thing is that if you didn't, if you didn't mess with this nat- natural wonder of the world, then fine. <laughs> he would just swim by and probably be like, hey, thank you. Uh, for not inexplicably trying to kill me and giving me these non-consensual piercings. Well, that was a thing. I, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was recently, maybe on NPR, I was talking about sea life and ta- mentioning the fact that in general, like, of course, there's a food chain and creatures eat other creatures, but there are no, like, just aggro species that are just like trying to mess with other species just because um, it's all a very kind of carefully balanced sort of system. And humans are just not like that. We go after things because they freak us out and because we are made to feel smaller by them. And therefore, we want to, rather than find out what their deal is, just, you know, murder them. It reminds me of one of the most insightful far side cartoons that Gary Larson ever made. It's a caveman who watches a bird fly, then flaps its arms, and then builds a bow and arrow and shoots the bird. <laughs> right. uh, and that's classic human. And with that, let's talk about, I mean, let's talk about how Mocha Dick met his, his end. Uh, he went out like a G. He went out like a hero because according to the story, Mocha Dick, after surviving all these attempted assassinations, sees a mother whale and her calf. And the calf has just been, this juvenile whale has just been killed by whalers, so it went belly up. And when the mother realized her child was dead, she turned on the whalers and tried to destroy the ship. They harpooned her and mortally wounded her before she was able to strike the ship, Mocha Dick was in the area, saw this, and attacked the whaling ship directly. Uh, He destroyed one of the smaller boats, but they had multiple boats. He was injured by a harpoon. Yeah, and this is almost exactly the plot of that that 70s movie Orca that I was talking about. It's very much like a, a revenge tale. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So again, I mean, this this you know, Mocha Dick was not uh, operating on full capacity after numerous encounters with with man uh, and and all of man's implements of you know murder and and torture. So inevitably, uh, Mocha Dick succumbed to his wounds. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, this this giant uh, was brought down by the Lilliputian forces of man. Right? Is that right? The the it's in Gulliver's Travels. The tiny people. The Lilliputians are, are the little fellows. Yeah. Right. Right. right yeah. Right. So so I think that's an accurate comparison. Um, you can see the writing about his death, which is coming to people secondhand in many cases, and is also embellished a little bit as a modern myth with each retelling. So according to the story, he shoots up 20 feet above the waves. Uh, He tries to dart away. They uh, pursue him through rough water for a quarter of a mile because he's that big and he's messed the surface of the water up that much. Uh, He is quivering and twitching. He's under his death throes. The reporting uses the phrase as if under the influence of galvanism, which means it looks like he's being electrocuted, the way he's twitching. Yeah. And uh, they came near him. Uh, They were able to get close enough because he was weakened. And they started just hacking at him. uh, And he tried to to fight back, uh, but he was just too... They were up on him like stabbing him and uh he was just too wounded to make to make an escape which he was trying to do and uh they killed him isn't it funny how oftentimes man thinks 
They're so great and powerful, but it's totally cheating. You know, they're using all these other implements and they have the deck stacked in their favor. You know, this whale survived multiple encounters and they just wore him down over time. And then finally just, you know, dealt the death blow. But good Lord, what a fight Mocha Dick put up. I think we're all on team, team Dick here. Mm, team whale for sure yeah and it's weird because in this reporting you will see you know this is a story of adventure on the high seas so the um it it occurs in the larger literary ecosystem of man conquering nature heroically and that's how all these things are that's how all these adventure narratives are depicted just like um 37 days of peril from ephemeral that's that's a one-to-one kind of encounter right except in this case the wild happens to be the the whale (laughs) and uh and here there is a kaiju story Exactly. And it wasn't until later in America or in literature or the canon, I guess, that you had folks like Jack London who were more identifying with the animals, mm-hmm. you know, and it was more about how can we live in balance with, with, these, uh, with these creatures. Mm-hmm. And so we say that because if you read the reporting of the death of Mocha Dick, then you see that it comes, like it's depicted as the humans heroically getting so close to death themselves. It's like um, (laughs) on a a much larger mythical level, it's like if you've ever played Tekken or Street Fighter or Soul Calibur and you get to the point where if either side takes one hit, the game is over. Mm-hmm. And the humans got that that last hit, so that's that's, right. that's how it's depicted. Uh, you can see um, you can see the first first person narratives where they're saying things like, "He's fin up at last!" I screamed at the very top of my voice, "Hurrah! Hurrah! Hurrah!" And you know they're literally throwing up their caps and dancing around around the corpse of this whale. And, presumably uh, singing sea shanties. Presumably know, singing the Wellerman and so on. Play around me, boys, and let us set on him. <laughs> uh, I cried, for I saw his spirit was broken at last. Mm-hmm. But the lance and spade were needless now. The dying animal was struggling in a whirlpool of bloody foam. Mm-hmm. And the ocean far around was tinted with crimson. Yeah, and it just it just goes on. And yes. this... And so we know that Herman Melville was aware of the story, right? It's this albino whale that has captured global imagination. Mocha Dick is, I mean, Mocha Dick, Moby Dick, it's not too long of a logical leap, but it is only part of the inspiration for the novel Moby Dick. And in the next, like... In part two, I think we're going to talk about the crew, but b- before we end, Noel, I had I had an update. I know you've probably heard this story because we talked about it before at some point. The world's loneliest whale. Remember this guy who sung No. Oh, uh, we haven't. Okay, so, you know, all whale songs have some stuff in common so they can communicate with each other. There was one whale who was called the 52 Hertz whale because his song... He's a blue whale, not a sperm whale. His yeah. song, which was, are the bigger, which are bigger, even right? Aren't the great blue whales the biggest? They're the largest, yeah, animals mammal. on Earth, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the <laughs> blue whales 
have a frequency of 10 to 39 hertz. And this this guy's voice was so so different that he couldn't really communicate with other whales. And so he's called the, the loneliest whale. He actually inspired a uh, song by the K-pop group BTS. It's mm. called Whalian 52. He's like an alien whale. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just mentioned this because there's a happy ending with this guy, apparently, uh, as of October of 2022, some cetologists or whaleologists, they prefer the term marine scientists, uh, they heard two different 52 hertz calls within 10 minutes of each other off the coast of California. So finally, our our poor buddy who is standing in the corner of the ocean uh, talking to 52 hertz found someone who heard him. Who hurts him? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, wait, that's worth it. Yes. For, for, from the perspective, too, of an audio nerd, you said 10 to 52 hertz. So 52 hertz is like sub-bass frequencies. Like yeah. if you think of like, you know, a song, those are frequencies that are going to be like 808 kick drums, like in right. the lowest part of that. And 10 isn't even on the graph of uh, what would you'd use in an audio recording because it's outside of the realm of, of human hearing. Yeah, so most blue whales, again, are like 10 to 39 hertz. And for some reason, this guy's on his 808s, on his 52 hertz. But we wanted to, uh, we wanted to have at least one part of, this, of today's story that wasn't us uh, excoriating whalers of the past. It's like the part in the Blind Melon video where the little bee girl finds her people and then they frolic yes. gleefully yeah. together in the meadow. What a wonderful image. Now imagine Crack, that. It, 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 uh, it breaks me up every time. With two wheel, uh, two whales dancing. And that's going to be part one of our journey. But tune in in a few days for part two where we look at the story of the crew that likely inspired the crew in Moby Dick. In the meantime, uh, thanks to our super producer, call him Ishmael or call him Max Williams. Just don't call him during dinner. Yes, yes. Uh, And also big, big thanks, of course, to Alex Williams. Uh, We have some breaking news. We might have uh, our dear old pal, Mr. Casey Pegram, returning for an episode in the near future. Ah, Casey on the case indeed. Um, also, huge thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit, uh, Eve's Jeff Coates, Jonathan Strickland, and and to you, Ben, for uh, for for being my uh, my matey. My, 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 what do you, I don't know. What, what, I don't perfect. know anything about nautical terms That's on this perfect. ocean voyage. I and mean, where is friendship found? It's not down on any map. True places never are. It's under the sea. We'll see you next time. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Oh! Gene, run! 
listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.